This episode of the Outside Podcast is brought to you by Travel Texas, which recently partnered with Outside to send Olivia Christine to Dallas on a wellness getaway. So when Outside told me that I was invited to take a surprise trip to Dallas, I was so excited. A wellness getaway is basically the process of finding your perfect balance between energizing activity and meaningful rest. Maybe that's going for a walk. Maybe that's going for a hike, a run. Maybe that's a luxurious hotel that you just completely self-pamper and go to a spa. With easy access to trails, good food, and great weather, Dallas is a perfect place for people with an active lifestyle. But it's also a place where you can slow down and feel your best. So if you want to get active, if you want to get outdoors, while pairing that with good food, good scenery, that's the way to do it. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the trip to Texas that really matters. Yours. From Outside Magazine, this is the Outside Podcast. Holy shit. (laughs) We did it. We figured out the tech issues. I cannot believe it. This is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One one more question on the tech issues. Um, Okay, cool. Totally. Let's keep these tech issues going. This is going to be like our thing. Do you want to hear your voice in my recording? Wait a minute. Patty, do you want to tell me what's going on here? Uh, well, this is me talking with John John Florence. Right, the surfer. Yes, the super famous, world-class, amazing surfer, John John Florence. Though, he says you can just call him John. Okay, and why are we hearing about tech failures? Well, uh, when I spoke to him, I was in Colorado, and he was 6,300 miles away in Fiji in a marina. That sounds difficult. But this is your job, man. So you figured it out, right? I am basically envisioning your recording setup is like floss, some tin cans, some chewed up bubble gum, some duct tape, and maybe like six of your friends all holding it together. Am I <laughs> close to it? You're pretty close. No, we're, we have it a little more, a little more dialed than that. It was, it was pretty close to that one point though. I, <laughs> I was sitting on a boat in a harbor, and there was lots of wind and boat work going on. <laughs> So, was John John in Fiji for a surfing competition? No. I mean, he was surfing there, but just for fun. Back in May, he suffered this brutal knee injury during a surf contest in Indonesia, so he hasn't been on the world tour lately. The guy has dealt with a long list of awful injuries, and so this summer he decided he would take a sailing voyage from his home in Hawaii to Fiji. <laughs> that, that's an ambitious way to rehab. I thought it was pretty bonkers, too, when I first heard about it. But as I talked to him, it became pretty clear that he's not really a normal human. How do you mean? The way he thinks is just different. Mm. For example, he tore his MCL at that contest in May. It was nasty. His knee was swollen up like a cantaloupe, and he could barely bend it or put any weight on it. If that happened to you, what would you do? I'd probably lie on the couch and watch Netflix and eat ice cream. Yeah, same. Well, John waited a day and then surfed in the contest. I taped and braced it, and then I ended up getting two really good waves and won the heat. What? (laughs) 
Jesus. <laughs> you basically, you, you won your heat on one leg. <laughs> yeah, I had hurt my front leg. So it was kind of, my front leg was kind of just there for, I guess a little stability and then the back leg becomes like the driving force. <laughs> you realize that this is like not normal. This is like superhero type shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. The brace definitely helped it. <laughs> I almost like those situations because it turns it into like a, cha a challenge in itself. Like, okay, I have to slow down and I have to think about this a little more and I have to surf the best I can with what I have. It almost simplifies it in a way, <laughs> weirdly enough. That is also just an absurd comment to say like, well, I already have this challenge of surfing in this competition against these other world-class athletes, but I need more of a challenge. So I'm just going to use one leg. Yeah, I, I see that now. But it's it's like... <laughs> I don't know. It simplifies it. It simplifies the whole mindset around competing because when you have, when, when everything's good, you try to find all the negatives and you're like, oh, I'm not ready. My board's not ready. This doesn't feel right. And then when something like that happens, everything goes out the window and you're just like, I just have to surf a good wave when it comes in. Okay. That, that's nuts. But you know, I've actually seen John John surf and he's incredible. Maybe the only surfer alive who could win on one leg. Yeah, you're right. I mean, his physical gifts and athleticism are astonishing, but so is his unshakable positive attitude. The truth is that what makes John John Florence one of the greatest surfers in the world is his mind. Oh, sounds like you're going to start the actual story part of this now. Indeed I am, sir. Surfing superhero John Florence loves when the shit hits the fan. I mean, he thought this would be a fun adventure. None of us have really ever gotten into hiking. Uh -huh. And so our good friend of ours had done this hike, and it was from the North Shore of Oahu all the way across to the south side. But we were just like, okay, we're going to do this. So we got out and bought all this backpacking gear. And then just picked the absolute worst weather window. Downpouring <laughs> sideways rain, as miserable as it gets, knee deep mud for three days, can't see where you're walking in the dark, <laughs> just falling over every five feet and just so, so painful. But just kind of loving it, I guess. At the end of it, you're just like, oh my gosh, that was kind of, that was actually pretty fun. Do you think that? beginner beatdown is something that you seek out? Yes. The, <laughs> the getting absolutely crushed by it is the fun part. The challenge and also the physical kind of output of it, like endurance around being uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how, how long can I sustain being uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah. And it sucks in the moment. It's the worst thing ever. And then, but then after you just can't help but laugh about it. Right. Being new at something and kind of that learning curve. I really enjoy that. There's a lot of excitement in it. <laughs> what John is not new at is winning surf competitions. He grew up on the North Shore of Oahu, where Pipeline, one of the world's most infamous waves, was just out his back door. He's been competing since he was barely a teenager. Now, at 29 years old, John has amassed an astonishing amount of accomplishments and trophies, from his early days as an amateur to his recent time as an alpha on the World Championship Tour, or WCT. I asked him to list the highlights. In the amateur days, we did a series called the NSSA, and I won a few of those. I don't remember how many, six or seven, maybe. I won Sunset Beach, 
WQS qualifying series. And then I won Surfer Pole. And then I won Brazil WCT. And then I won France WCT the following year. I think that was my second win on WCT. And then the following year after that, I won Brazil and Portugal. Also won the Eddie Cow, the Triple Crown, and the world title that year. Oh, I won the Triple Crown again before that too. Then 2017, I won another world title. I won the Margaret River event that year. I won the Margaret River event in 2016, 17, 15, 17. <laughs> Sorry, it's been some, a few years of competing now. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I know there was a bunch of surfer pole wins in there. I think five of the pipe WQS wins, one backdoor shootout win. I think that's it. Sorry, I jumped around there. Oh, just just that? <laughs> just that? Is that it? Really? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to remember at this point. Among surfers, John is a living legend. Because of all those big victories, yes, but even more so because of his zen-like approach to the sport. I do enjoy the competing, and I can really kind of get my mind there and really get into it, kind of adjust my surfing towards it, I feel like. You kind of fall back into the same habits, routines, patterns, things like that. I absolutely love the purity of, like, kind of, we call it free surfing. I think there's something to free surfing that allows a little more expression. You can kind of let loose a little more and draw a little bit different lines rather than getting sucked into the same thing. You have so much time to kind of explore and draw lines in different ways. Well, it sounds like it's like the, what you're describing is like the difference between an artist and an athlete. But would you say that you're both? Yeah, I would say that I try to be both. For me, at least in the recent last couple of years, has been trying to find that happy medium of that, like getting into the heat and the heat starting and kind of finding, you hear people call it, I guess, your, your center or that, <laughs> that inner eye or whatever, whatever you want to call it, that, that just center space where you can take a deep breath and you can kind of relax. When I relax and just let myself surf, it's, it's different than when I have this kind of tension and surf in one single way. That's not a line. John really means it. In 2016, he won the Eddie, a big wave competition honoring soul surfer and famed Hawaiian waterman Eddie Aikau. Because it is only held when the waves rise to 50 feet in Waimea Bay, John is only one of nine surfers to win the comp. Ever. And what is his favorite memory of such a triumphant win? It's not standing atop the podium nor lifting the oversized cardboard check for $75,000. It's paddling out into the surf with his brother Nathan before the judging even began and catching a wave together. In fact, when I asked John to describe his perfect scenario in the water, there are no crowds or judges or competition money at stake. It's just him at Pipeline, his childhood playground. The beauty of Pipeline is that it's a right and a left. It's a little bit unpredictable, which I really like about it. The early morning in the wintertime in Hawaii is really nice. The sun is just coming over the mountain, so the sky is like really pink and the clouds are pink and it's just getting light out and you paddle out and there's no one out. And just seeing when a, when a set comes in and you just see this big peak of a wave and you're like, I'm, this is a, the craziest ride I've seen. <laughs> and you just position yourself for it. When you take off on a wave and you come out of a barrel, like going really fast, it creates this kind of like, uh, it's like a, 
that's that's what it feels like under your board. It, I don't know, for me it feels like grippier almost. It's a really light wind texture on it. Going right on a big wave like that is a lot of moments in it. You know, there's the drop and then you barely get into the lift and then you're up in the barrel and you have to re-kind of set yourself in the barrel. And then a back door usually runs off and so you're pumping down the line trying to continue with your speed to keep going in the wave and it's sections and sections and sections and then come out at the end you have all this speed for a big turn. But yeah, there's this feeling of just being pressed into the board and it, everything's gripping at once and everything's following through. It's, it's hard to beat that feeling in surfing. <laughs> That's my dream wave. John has devoted his entire existence to the pursuit of that dream wave and all the incredible feelings that come with it. But that devotion has come with a hefty price that he's paid for with his body. I broke my ankle, then I broke my back, then I did pretty bad grade three high ankle sprains on both ankles, kind of back-to-back -back years in a row, then did MCL tears on both knees back-to-back, -back, then did ACL tears on both knees back-to-back -back years with surgeries with both ACLs. So that was ACL surgery two years in a row. Not fun, don't do it. And then again, MCL on my left knee twice since the ACLs. Oof. And I think that's it so far. That's still a lot, man. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe three too many. Is there any feeling of like, God damn it, like my body is like betraying me or or now I'm starting to have doubts or like I'm I'm losing competition time at like the height of my powers. Is there any feeling like that? Definitely, 100%. I mean, it's all frustrating for me. And I mean, everything you noted there is all thoughts that I have and feelings that I have. I definitely have my moments where I'm just like, this sucks. But I don't know, I just, I guess in the past couple of years, my whole goals have come really more around mindset. I guess it's like, it's as simple as just do the best with what I have. And so in the wake of his latest broken body part, rather than sink into the doldrums of despair, John turned his attention to an ambitious goal, sailing more than 3,000 miles of the Pacific Ocean. How far into rehab were you like, you know what, I'm gonna sail around this planet. That decision happened in like, and <laughs> in my mind within like a week. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Yeah, it just, it's always, I've always loved doing it and I never have the time for it. And so this just injury made it all of a sudden, like, I was like, oh, now I have time for it. I'm going to go do that. <laughs> Man, talk about like, whoa, here's the silver lining. Oh, this is great. And I have to keep reminding myself, like, no, I wanted to do this. This is a good thing. <laughs> this is fun. We're having fun. While the hot water heater was exploding 600 miles out from Fiji and flooding the starboard side of the boat three times over in a single day. <laughs> no, this is a good thing, we love this. <laughs> but do you really love it? Is that wild sailing adventure that you decided to take on a whim actually fun? Well, that depends on how you take your fun. When you visit a state as big and diverse as Texas, there are a million different trips you can take. Let's say you've got an appetite for whitewater kayaking. You can get your own. So this is why they call it Devil's River. Trip to Texas. Or maybe you have an actual appetite. 
I'll take a pound of brisket, six ribs, uh, three links of sausage, and a, a piece of pecan pie. Trip to Texas. Go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. At a competition in May of 2022, surfing prodigy John John Florence tore apart his left knee again. Another injury in a career riddled with injuries. So he did the only thing that made sense to him. He organized a sailing trip from his home in Hawaii to Fiji with his wife Lauren and two pals on John's insanely awesome boat. The boat is a gunboat 48. It's a catamaran, 48-foot catamaran. It's all carbon fiber, everything. So it keeps it really lightweight, so it makes it really fast. And I'm learning as we go, fast is not always great. It's fun, and you get places fast, but you also break things fast. <laughs> it's pretty unique, but I think there's only seven of them made at this size. Mm-hmm. They are amazing boats. They sail very well. They're fun to sail. And I do love that part about it. When you hear sailing to a tropical island in the South Pacific, maybe you're envisioning drinks with little umbrellas in them and working on your tan lines and epic sunsets. But this was not that kind of trip. Remember, John is often happiest when his adventures go sideways. A lot of unpredictable weather. It was just windy the whole time. High stress, rain squalls, storms, <laughs> stuff breaking. We had some stormy kind of squalls the last couple of days. Lots and lots of wind, lots of wave action, uh, some scary moments. That is exciting. We are in the middle of nowhere. Then we stopped in the Phoenix Islands, fixed some stuff. No one's seasick anymore, it's good. Then left the Phoenix Islands with another thousand miles to go. We had a, two great days of sailing after we left our last destination um, and then we had another catastrophic failure one of our rudder pins this thick piece of stainless steel broke in half and then it lost our wind about 600 miles out from fiji okay here we are update we have made it to fiji we're very tired i think it was after 17 days of sailing with two or three days of stopping in the Phoenix Islands. We were up all night going through reefs. Anyway, we made it pretty interesting after being at sea for more than two weeks and not seeing anybody. (laughs) Sensory overload, a lot going on. My relationship with the boat is definitely a love-hate relationship. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. Look at it, we're sailing at 15 knots and it's beautiful and everything feels great. And then the next moment something breaks and I'm like, this is the worst, I hate this. I don't know why we're doing this. Why do I put myself through this stress? (laughs) I'm selling the boat. When we get to Fiji, I'm selling the boat, we're done. (laughs) Wait. Has crazy awful weather and mechanical failure at sea shaken the unshakable John Florence? Has he finally cracked? So this is fun? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) There's something that's amazing to it. You know, you're out in the middle of the ocean and it's a, it is bizarre. You know, after you've been sailing for 10 days and it's still nothing but open ocean, that feeling of how big it is. Like I started to get that when we were getting close to the equator. We were sailing for nine days and hadn't seen land. When I spoke to John, he and his crew had been in Fiji for two weeks doing more fixes on the boat. 
and getting a bit bored and gloomy until the surf came up. There's cloud break, which is a world-class wave. It's just kind of around the corner. So just got some amazing waves. That really helped bring my mental attitude back, back up. <laughs> From surfing for fun to surfing for his job to sailing through storms and windless patches of sea to hiking in knee-deep mud and everything in between, John thrives when things get difficult. But it's more than that. He needs challenges to force him, an insanely talented athlete, to grow, to allow him to be himself. I think this trip for me has has been really around like letting go and to kind of be myself a little more and do my do my thing without so much outside influence. You know, when you're competing your whole life, it's just a weird feeling, you know? Every, everything you do is thought of and judged and definitely influences your thought processes. And so for me, this was kind of a chance to break away from it for a second and kind of step outside that box and into more of a, just kind of my own thought processes. It just allows me to kind of have a challenge in another aspect of my life and a little more clarity, I guess, on the things that kind of influence me. In taking on this trip, is it like a spiritual rehab <laughs> as well? Not just like a knee rehab? No, it's definitely a spiritual rehab. <laughs> the way I, I've been approaching competing is the way I want to approach kind of everything in my life and just that challenge of like, of being okay with the situation and kind of almost letting go a little bit more of the things that I can't control. What advice do you have when it comes to injury, to challenging yourself, and to pushing yourself outside of the boundaries of comfort that we set for ourselves? I think really it's just kind of observing the way you think about things. And that doesn't have to start when you get an injury, you know, that can start now. If you start to catch your thoughts and you start to say, wow, like I'm really affected by the way I think about that. And it becomes quicker and quicker over time the more you do it. And then you know, when these things do happen, an injury does happen, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm bummed, I'm affected by this. But then you can pivot and you can adjust and you can kind of move past it into something else. In a way, all this is going towards that goal, you know? So whether you're competing and trying to win a world title or you're get injured and trying to cope with an injury or I'm sailing to Fiji from Hawaii and it's uncomfortable or the boat keeps breaking and I'm frustrated. It all feeds into that kind of one goal of a mindset of how to just do the best with what I have in that moment. And it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard, but it, I feel like I'm slowly getting better at it. <laughs> I don't know, I just feel like there's still so much to learn for me. There's, there's a certain amount of comfort you get once you learn something pretty well, and I definitely haven't reached that comfort yet, so I'm trying to get there. <laughs> I haven't given up yet. <laughs> That was John John Florence speaking with producer Patty O'Connell, who gets a gold star for sorting out how to get a solid recording of an interview with a surfer at a marina in Fiji. John has a new film out. It's called Gravity, and you can watch it on a number of streaming services. You can follow John's many adventures on Instagram. 
He's at John underscore John underscore Florence. Patty wrote and produced this episode, which was edited by me, Michael Roberts. Music by Robbie Carver. And if you're new to Tracksmith, enter the code OUTSIDE at checkout to get $15 off a purchase of $75 or more for a limited time. This episode was made possible by our Outside Plus members. Learn more about all the benefits of membership, like free access to the premium Gaia GPS app at outsideonline.com slash pod plus. Right now, we're offering a 50% discount to new members, so don't wait. Thank you.